Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Welcome, moms, changing the world. This is your host, Akua Walker, child development nurse practitioner, parenting coach, and CEO, chief encouragement officer of moms who are busy changing the world one child at a time, one day at a time. So excited to bring you not another interview with another amazing mom who's changing the world through her supports around ADHD. And this season, I've made it a theme for us to talk about neurodiversity, and she is among the leaders in this effort. She runs the Calming the Chaos Summit, and I'm excited that she had me as one of the guests in her first summit. And we have another one coming up if you're listening in live time so that you definitely want to stick around and find out more about how to be a part of the summit. Before I introduce the guest, I'd like to share a proverb from Africa, being originally from Ghana myself, And I think one of the most popular ones is it takes a village to raise a child. (laughs) I've used that one before just because of how true it rings. Uh, We don't know exactly where in Africa we can give credit to, but it is one that is the sentiment that's shared all around the world. And Lara has her own ADHD village that is an online community that offers brain-based science-backed support for families raising children with ADHD. She is a certified elementary school teacher with over 20 years experience specializing in environmental science and special education. She is happily married and has two neurodiverse preteen sons. Laura supports moms in learning how to eliminate stress while navigating their children's ADHD so that they are calm, confident, and deeply connected to their children. She also helps parents raise children to embrace their ADHD attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and feel empowered so that they can be in control of their emotions and behaviors. When Lara is not working with her clients or spending time with her family, you can find her down by the lake, riding her bike, loving nature, spending time with lifelong friends who make her laugh, or jumping into a kayak to enjoy the moment. If you're raising a child with ADHD, Laura invites you to join her private Facebook group at The ADHD Village, and you can also find her on YouTube at The ADHD Village, along with her website, theadhdvillage.com. So excited to have you here, Laura. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a guest on your podcast. Yes, yes. And I love that we are able to connect with you from another country. Can you tell us where you are? I'm in Canada. I'm in Ontario, not too far from Toronto. Awesome. Awesome. Good. And why don't you tell us a little bit 
more about yourself and your life these days as we're navigating the side of the pandemic? <laughs> well, I'm a teacher. I teach kindergarten right now. So it's been quite an interesting couple of years with the pandemic, you know, yes. um, pivoting between in-person learning and virtual learning and yes. everything in between. in between. Yes. <laughs> and teaching from home from a computer while my children, both with ADHD, are trying to learn from home from their computers. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kudos, <laughs> kudos to you. I have to, you know, give a shout out to teachers in a big way who really held our hands and held our children, you know, through this incredible time. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah and this, I think the pandemic has given people the opportunity to slow things down a little bit yes. and spend a little more time at home with their families. And it was during that time that I was able to really work with my own life coach and slow things down. And yes that, that made a big improvement in my home. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I too talked a lot about what a difference the you know, pandemic made in time and being mindful and slowing things down, even such that I was able to start this podcast, you know, during that season. And so sounds like you too have taken <laughs> the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. That's when I started the ADHD village. Also, it was during, yes. during the pandemic that the ADHD yes. village began. Yes. And and I, I love that you shared the African proverb because that is truly, that was part of my philosophy of education when I first graduated teacher's college was it takes a village to raise a child. And it's something I yes. wholeheartedly believe in. And yeah. um, when you're raising kids with ADHD or neurodiversities, you can often feel very isolated and alone and building that village around you of support is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we often think that parents are raising kids and we do have a central, you know, responsibility, but imagine how, you know, we couldn't do it without right teachers, without extended relatives, without friends, without, you know, our, our, our church or faith community, like it would be such a different experience if we were, like you said, in a bubble, right. With just, uh, just the parents and the children trying to give them all that they need to, to, to flourish. And, and kids can really flourish when they have all those different connections and they know that there's lots of loving adults um, yeah. who can support them. And for the right. parents, too, to know that they have people that can support them and who understand what they're going through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Well, I like to start practical with, you know, feeding our families. That's mm-hmm. something that we're constantly <laughs> doing as moms. And so I'm curious, yeah, what are your go-to meals these days, favorite snacks, any, any healthy ones that we can incorporate into our own? I'm pretty lucky that my husband is now working from home thanks to the pandemic. He's taken over a lot of the cooking. Yes, so I'm thankful for yes. that. But when I cook, my favorite go-to is just, I like to simple with few ingredients. Yes, so yes. Um, salmon. Oh, oh yeah. Pretty easy. You just put a little bit mm-hmm. of coconut oil on top and a little bit of spice and in the oven it goes and rice and green beans. And with the green beans, we just add some olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, very simple. The kids love it and it's really healthy. Um, For snacks, we have a little vegetable garden. So, I mean, it's winter time right now, but anytime I can incorporate anything from the garden, just send the kids out, you know, I'm cooking a couple tomatoes or a little bit of parsley Mm -hmm. or 
kale is an easy one. I'm not, I do not have a green thumb. I, I have to admit <laughs> my, my dad helps me with my gardening, but um, awesome. kale is an easy thing for me to grow. So, you know, we just go out to the garden, pick some kale, wash it and mm. dry it, put it in the oven with salt, pepper, and coconut oil for about 20 minutes. And then it's kale chips. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I know. I know that is a fun mm-hmm. one that, yeah, a few moms have shared along the way. And I, yes, I love that when you can incorporate your garden, right. And that you are growing, you know, in your very yard and kind of teaching your kids or having them watch like, you know, farm to table, right. Garden to table. Like that's (laughs) so amazing, especially as a a first place to go for snacks. I love that. Yeah. Um, Another one that my kids love is almonds and we, we put the almonds in the, the oven. Um, oh. one of my sons has a, a nut allergy to only yes. some nuts and he's not yes. allergic to almonds, but we nice. wash the almonds anyway. And so they're a little bit wet before they go in the oven. We can sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon on top and they love it when it comes out of the uh, oven they're nice and soft and warm. <laughs> oh, fresh roasted nuts. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> lovely. That's great. That's great. Great. So Laura, tell me a little bit about how you came to find your passion. I always knew that I wanted to work with and when I was a teenager, I was a lifeguard and I actually taught swimming lessons to other kids at my school who had special needs. So it was during my spare period at school. I just went down to the pool and I, and I taught swimming lessons to kids with special needs. And then, you know, I went to university and, and got a degree in psychology. I was interested in, you know, how how people learn and then became a teacher. And before I left teacher's college, I I received my first additional qualification in special education, focusing on learning disabilities and ADHD, because I knew how important it was to understand different learners. We don't all learn the same. But I, so I've worked as a special ed teacher. I've worked as an elementary school teacher. And then I had my kids. (laughs) And, you know, you think, you know, you think, you know, as a teacher, how it's going to be, because you work with kids and you have this picture in your mind of what motherhood will be. And then you become a mother and it's not quite what you imagined. (laughs) You know, you picture, you're going to use all the strategies that you know, and your children are going to be so perfectly behaved because you're going to teach them all these valuable <laughs> lessons that you know how to teach. And then right. things are, you know, chaos and, and, and your kids have ADHD and <laughs> things are different. So, yeah. um, so what really, really helped me, as I mentioned earlier, is when I started to work with a life coach awesome. and a big aha for me was learning that we don't have to believe all of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. 90% of our thoughts are negative and automatic and they happen without our conscious awareness and, or consent. So I often have the thought I'm doing a terrible job as a mom. And I believed that thought. And when I, when I had that thought, when I believed it, I felt really crappy. And when you're feeling crappy about yourself, you're, you're not parenting from a place where you can do your best parenting. Right. So when I worked with my coach, I learned to really look at my thinking and decide if my thoughts were worth keeping or not. Cause I don't have to believe all the thoughts in my head. They're not true. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not quite as easy as swapping out your thoughts, but it, it's a start. And, and I mm-hmm. learned how to really feel my feelings rather than avoiding them. And, and I realized that I had spent a lot of time, you know, pushing down emotions and avoiding them. And once I learned how to really deal with my emotions, I had so much free time. I couldn't believe the amount of time that opened (laughs) up for me so much time that I was able to start a business and open up the ADHD village. Another thing that really uh, was important for me was learning about self-care. I, I didn't even really know what self-care meant. Um, but as you and I, we just, inter- I just interviewed you for, yes. um, for my summit, calming yes. the ADHD family. And we talked about self-care in, in your interview and, yeah. and that it can be as simple as finding, you know, a moment when you're making yourself a cup of tea yeah. and, you know, smelling the tea, putting your hands on the cup and really enjoying the moment. And it can just be small little moments that you work in throughout the day. So I began doing little things like that for my self-care, being mindful with my breathing, taking some time to get outside, doing things for me so that I could be in a, a calmer, more place for my kids. And as I became more calm and more confident in my parenting, the ripple effect in my family was just beautiful. My kids became more regulated their relationship with each other improved. There was less fighting with each other. Um, Uh, And I felt more close and connected to my kids. Even my relationship with my husband was strengthened. So I felt like I discovered like this great big secret or like I won the life lottery. And I thought (laughs) I need to get this message out to other moms who are struggling because it doesn't have to be so hard. Like if you learn how to do it's it's simple it takes a little bit of practice but if you can really learn how to look at your thinking and your feeling and implement some self-care strategies like you can make a huge shift for your whole family and it really does I believe start with mom absolutely absolutely it's incredible how you're talking about that ripple effect which is so true because our children are kind of feeding off of us right they're feeding off of our energy and and watching us and kind of taking it all in. And so that's great that, I mean, incredible how you came to that, right? How you discovered in your own way of thinking and feeling that it kind of spilled over uh, into your children and your whole family. Yeah, incredible. So then you've already started to talk about, you know, how you impact children, you know, outside of your home you know, tell us a little bit more about, I think, maybe the impact of, of what you've seen with the summit and what you're hoping for moving yeah. forward. Yeah. So, so, I mean, besides working with my own children and my students at school, I mean, I have so yeah. much fun implementing my coaching practices at school <laughs> for, to teach my, my students social and emotional learning, but with, with my clients and through work through the summit and the ADHD village, the way yeah. that I'm able to really impact parents is, or sorry, kids is by mm-hmm. supporting the parents. Right. So the, the first thing is join the ADHD village Facebook group. And then you're, you're in a village of like-minded parents Yeah. and the support in that group is amazing. Like, you know, you can ask a question and within a few minutes, other parents are answering and we've got all sorts of experts within the group as well. 
so it's a great place to, to come and, and learn and ask questions and feel connected. And then the other big thing that I do offer for free is the summit. It's called Calming the ADHD Family. And so it's a free five-day summit. And each day, um, about eight interviews are released that you can watch for free with experts like yourself, Akua. I'm so honored that you're part of the summit. Got some other amazing speakers, Jennifer Colary, who's also um, a parent coach, and she's wonderful. Dr. Ned Hallowell, who's one of the world experts, who's a psychiatrist and very well known in the ADHD world. He has ADHD himself. So he's part of the summit. Dr. Susan Hopkins, who works with self-regulation through Stuart Shanker. So lots of amazing, amazing speakers and everybody just like yourself, they're offering their interview, which gives parents so many tips and strategies and brain hacks on how they can have a more calm, confident, connected family And all of the speakers are also offering free gifts. So like you're offering your lovely Be Calm journal. And so, Mm. um, yeah, so I really invite you to to check whether your child has ADHD or not. There's some really great strategies that are shared for all parents. But absolutely. um, Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say excited for this. It's going to be starting March the 21st and it will run for five days. And to get get your free ticket, you just go to www.commingtheadhdfamily.com. And then there is also an option if you wish to purchase the VIP all access pass. And that would give you access to all of the interviews for one year. So if you feel like you can't watch eight interviews a day (laughs) um, over five days, um, you can purchase the pass and you can have uh, one year access to the videos. It also gives you the action workbook. And it also gives you the 21 day baddest challenge for kids, which is like mini lessons for kids over 21 days that teaches them about their ADHD brain and how they can self-regulate and, and learn more about how their brain works and strategies that they can put in place. And so that's a really nice challenge for kids. That's awesome. Yes. It's an incredible world of you know perspectives and really I love how you bring together really practical you know tips through your speakers and as you mentioned whether your child or you have ADHD or not I do highly recommend being a part of it and I do share my be calm system kind of breaking it down a little bit for you know for the audience and how connection is a huge part of uh, how we can support our children when they are both when they're activated or agitated or, and just, and relating to them in general. And so uh, it, it promises to be an incredible, an incredible time. So thank you for hosting that. And thank you for being a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a pleasure. It really is. So then, you know, with all that is going on in the world right now, tell us about your family's ethnic makeup. And then, you know, how you're talking to your children around race and and empathy and in uh, the United States, we're in Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And so maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of how the shape that that takes in Canada and what diversity looks like where you are. Yeah. So um, our background is European. We're we're Orthodox. Mm -hmm. So it and now I say we, I mean, myself, my husband is Canadian for many generations. 
and before that they came from England, but I'm first generation born in Canada. And so we have some of our Orthodox traditions, which is really nice. We have, we celebrate Christmas on January the 7th. So, um, yeah, so we, we do both Christmases, December 25th Uh and then January 7th. And then we, Uh our Easter is on another day as well. And then we have a saint's day in, in November that we celebrate. So from, from that perspective, my, my kids see that we have different celebrations within our family. So that kind of opens them up to to understand that, yeah, there's other families that have different celebrations too, and, and different backgrounds. And so that opens up that conversation. Um, And in terms of empathy, I mean, the the world right now is, (laughs) there's so much going on and so much (laughs) in the news and, and that provides lots of opportunities to talk to our kids. Like, what do you think about what's going on right now in Canada right now? We have our, our truckers are, are protesting, um, mm. you know, some of the regulations around COVID. And, and so that mm. opens up a big conversation with the kids. Like they may have an initial thought, mm-hmm. you know, what they're doing is wrong or what they're doing is right. But it, that we can take the time to talk about well, different perspectives and why yeah. do you think some people believe this and other people believe that and yeah. um, I, I think just opening up conversations with the kids and inviting them to um, see situations from different perspectives is so mm-hmm. important especially for kids with ADHD because that perspective yeah. taking is very challenging often our ADHD thinkers are very black and white and mm-hmm. they believe that their thoughts are true mm-hmm. And only so, their thoughts, yeah, <laughs> not yeah, your so, thoughts. <laughs> so we can kind of poke some holes in, in their thinking theories and, and introduce different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. That I'm glad you're bringing up perspective taking because it can come naturally to some children and uh, and even adults, but it can also not be as natural to see things from other people's perspective and think that our perspective alone is the only one and is the right one. So I, I'm glad you raised that as something to consider. And by by having conversations, right? These are great table, you know, uh, family meal conversations, or in the car conversations, or as you mentioned, when the news, you know, is 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 shared or they come across it. It's important that we can be the ones that they talk to to explore. Well, what's an, yeah? What's another way to think about that? Or how do you think your friend might feel about what's going on? And you know what. What can we do to to think about this in a, you know in a new way or in or in an interesting way or in a funny way or like you can just have some fun you know kind of like you said poking holes and really challenging our kids to to explore. Yeah, and and you mentioned too that this February is this Black History Month, and something that we really love to do is just read books. Yeah. There's so many amazing books, and that that helps kids understand different perspectives too, is when they, when you talk about the characters in the book and what the characters are going through. And um, yeah, there's so many fabulous books out there and, and, and so interesting to get into the history and, you know, talk about how things can change. And it's unbelievable really, when you think about some of the things that have happened in history, but um, helping our kids become aware of that so that they can, you know, empathize and, and make sure that, that we keep moving forward. 
Yes. Yes. Thank you again, too, for bringing up books. I think books are a really, really great way to understand different perspectives, live in different experiences with, you know, that, that are impossible for us to actually go through. And yet through a story, through a good book, we can kind of travel through time. We can travel through space. Like we could really go back and, and kind of experience and then appreciate, right? I talk to my kids all the time about the gratitude of all of these experiences um, adding up to, you know, the opportunities that they have. And on Moms Changing the World, I love talking to authors and children's book authors. There's uh, several episodes. In this season, I talked to J.P. Miller, who has different series of African-American, you know, spotlight books for young readers and for teens. And so make sure to to check out, you know, that uh, episode in season four. Awesome. And so, you know, as a I am, I see you as a mom changing the world, using your voice as a teacher, as a parenting coach, as an ADHD mom leader. Can you give us a couple of, of tips on how you, you incorporate all of this into your life and then what, you know, parents maybe with AD, kids with ADHD can do, you know, to get started? I'm so honored that you said I'm a mom changing the world. <laughs> you are, years, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Years ago, I was just drowning in chaos and I could never imagine that I would be, you know, where I am today. today. But yeah. So some tips. Number one, love your kids. Love your kids for who they are and where they are and enjoy them. And I actually have an acronym for love. So Mm. the Allen love is listen with your heart. So um, when our kids are are talking, whether they're sharing a story, you know, something that happened at school and they're excited about something or whether they have a problem, we want to really listen. And that means, you know, putting the phone down, putting the distractions down, making eye contact, letting your voice in your face your body language mirror what your child is saying. So if they're excited, then then your face and your body language is going to get excited along with them. Yeah. yeah so really, really spend the time to really deep, deeply listen to your children. And oh, um, this is something we talked about in in our interview earlier um, yeah. for the the summit. Is the O stands for oxytocin. and the best way to get that oxytocin flowing so this is like the natural love drug is connection so cuddling with your kids hugging eye contact laughing talking listening and this helps our kids with attachment with empathy with bonding with regulating their emotions with trust so always think about how you can boost up that oxytocin, that feel-good neurotransmitter. Mm. Um, the V is validate. And so often as parents, when our kids are feeling uncomfortable, when they're sad or angry or frustrated, we want to jump in and fix things for them because we're uncomfortable with them being uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but but often what they need is just for us to take a step back and validate what they're feeling. Like, so for example, I, I think of a little child who's worked really hard to build something out of Lego and their sibling comes along and knocks over their Lego creation. 
and, and, and they're crying and they're upset and we say, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You can build it again. And that often doesn't work. The child's behavior and their feelings kind of will escalate because they want you to really understand what they're feeling. They want you to understand their hurt in the moment. So if you take the time to validate what they're feeling and say, oh, you worked so hard on your Lego creation. And I noticed the details you put in, you know, you put this window right beside the door and you put a cute little flower bed on the ground and you really put so much effort. And now the Lego is broken. That's so frustrating because you worked so hard on it and now it's broken. And just taking, you know, a couple minutes to kind of verbalize what they're thinking and feeling to validate them, that can be so calming for them. And that actually does help to release oxytocin as well. And when that oxytocin is being released from the validation, your child is feeling connected, they're calming down. And while they're calming down, the body's not able to release the stress hormone cortisol at the same time. So just taking that moment to, to validate really, really helps to bring it down. And then once they've calmed down, then you can get into the, hmm, what can we do about it? Would, would you like me to help you build it again? And then the E in love stands for emotional intelligence. Helping your kids understand their feelings. I like to say name it to tame it. So just like helping them to label their feelings, frustration, annoyed, frightened, whatever it is, helps normalize it to, to give it a name. And then helping children recognize what their feelings feel like within their bodies. So we can role model that for them. Like I can say, oh, I'm so frustrated. And I'm no, I know I'm frustrated right now because my fists are in a clench and my, my shoulders are raising up towards my head and my eyebrows are all scrunched up in my face and my face is hot. And that's what frustration feels like to me. So just kind of giving them that language and then asking them too, what, what different feelings feel like in their bodies. And you might want to start with, with the pleasant emotions, you know, happy or excited or because <laughs> <laughs> in the heat of the moment when they're feeling frustrated, they may not want to tell you what that feels like in their body, but, but you could label it. Oh, I see mm-hmm. that you're, you're frustrated. You're stomping your feet yeah. and, you know, you're shaking your head and that I can see that that's what frustration looks like in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. So we have to start from that place of listening uh, with the the love. And we spent, you know, like you mentioned, some good time talking about about that as a way to really hear what's going on, really hear our children. And yeah, that guiding kind of uh, hormone in the brain that from from birth is crucial, like you said, in making in helping us form the connective attachments with our caregivers. And still is a part of yeah love and, and intimacy and um, just yeah feeling you know nurtured and, and safe and all of those you know feel good co- connection emotions and then validating taking the time to recognize and thank you for modeling an example you know of what that would take you know look like again you know not even a minute right to just really really give some detail of what you saw the child go through. 
in order to fully, yeah, kind of empathize and build that emo, you know, emotional intelligence in our children, giving language, giving words and tools to the emotions. That's really great and a useful way to organize all of that through the, the acronym of love. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So then how do you stay grounded and find joy <laughs> in all that you are juggling? So I think the number one thing for me is gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude. Like it's so easy when you have kids with ADHD to get caught up in the negative thoughts of life is hard for me because my kids have ADHD. That was a thought I always had. Life is just going to be harder because my, my kids have ADHD period. Or, you know, my kids are always fighting. They never listen to me, all these kinds of negative thoughts. But you take a step back and really focus on what you're thankful for. And some days it can be really hard. So you might want to start with the the real basics. I'm thankful I woke up and got out of bed this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. I am thankful that my feet are on the floor of my home. I'm thankful for running water. I'm thankful I can take a deep breath. I'm thankful that I can go outside and feel the fresh air on my face. Like start with the basics. And I I really feel like the more that, the more that you notice that you have to be thankful for, the more that you're going to keep on noticing. Exactly. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, so gratitude is really, really one of the things that has made a big difference for me. And, and also some of the simple self-care things um, yeah. like going for, I love to go for a walk during my break time um, when yeah. I'm working. And, and yeah. I, I feel like I walk out the door and I've got a big smile on my face. And I, I think to myself, Hmm, I could be answering emails right now. Instead, <laughs> I choose to go for a walk and move yes. my body and get yes. fresh air. Um, and, and another thing is play with your kids. There's so much joy. If you can spend five or 10 minutes every day with each of your kids playing something that they like to play, let them guide the play. And that's so nice to build your connection with your kids and have that nice limbic bonding time when you're playing with them on their level. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun reminder because we as adults, you know, we kind of feel like we outgrow play, right? Mm -hmm. And we forget that Play is a very, you know, innate, you know, need to have fun, to let loose, to mm-hmm. to laugh, to be creative, to use our imagination, and so that's a, a lovely reminder to 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 spend a little bit of time with you know our children in play, you know, each day as a part of that connection. And that play might look different as your kids get older. My oldest is thirteen, <laughs> so the play might be hanging out with him while he plays video games, and maybe he lets me like join in, or maybe I just sit beside him and kind of ask them to explain some things to me about the game. Yeah. Like, so I'm showing a genuine interest in things that he's interested in. He also loves to play soccer. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, last night it was nine o'clock at night. It was dark. Oh, wow. said, Let's go in the backyard and, and play soccer. And I was like, Oh, nine o'clock. We've got a foot of snow in our backyard, Oh my goodness. but, but he wanted to practice. Do and it. so I just kicked balls at him in the net and he was so, he yeah. had so much fun with that. Yeah. So and, and I was grateful too to get outside, get moving, get the fresh air and, and have that connection time. So it's good for both of our souls and it's, it's yeah. good for our bonding. And I'm sure there was a whole lot of 
oxytocin being released <laughs> while we were playing soccer. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah picture a nine o'clock um, dark soccer match <laughs> in the snow. In the snow, exactly. Actually, wow, you you braved it for your child. I I'm so impressed. <laughs> my um my son had a soccer coach when he was quite young. His name is Oakley, and Oakley is originally from Jamaica, and he's oh, played quite yeah he's played a, a vital role in being a part of my kids' village. And he moved to the United States when he was 13. So really grew up in that nice, hot climate. So we love when Oakley comes to visit and he'll play soccer in the snow. We just oh. love that he embraces the Canadian snow, even though he's, <laughs> he's Jamaican. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. And I love, sounds like there's some, some diversity then around you and your kids, which is lovely to embrace. Yeah, yeah, good. And as we're, you know, winding down the, you know, I'd love for you to share some advice maybe for, you know, moms that are struggling or, you know, I know a lot of, there's a lot of children, if your children have ADHD or have, you know, different neurodiversity, you know, sometimes it can, you know, can be related to parents, right? Mm -hmm. There can be, you know, genetic impacts and, and, and then even just, you know, just uh, behavioral or family trends and, and how we do things. And so what advice, you know, would you give to a mom, you know, who might be struggling right now? So Ross Green has a quote. Um, it's the basis of his, a lot of his teaching. Kids do well if they can. Mm-hmm. And if they're not doing well, there's a reason why. And we need yeah. to kind of figure it out so that yeah. we can support them and teach them the skills that they need. But I believe two parents do well if they can. Yeah. And, and there's a quote that I love by Maya Angelou. And I tell myself this all the time, do the best you can until you know better. Then mm-hmm. when you know better, do better. Do better. Yeah. So, I mean, with our parenting, we may be in a place where we're feeling that we're not good enough or we're not doing enough, but yeah. we are doing the best that we can with what we know. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether you reach out for support or you do some of your research through podcasts or summits or books, you can do better. And then Mm. once, like once you give yourself some compassion, Yeah, you're doing in this moment, you are doing the best (laughs) that you can, but parent parenting is a skill and all skills with, with practice and with support you can get better at. So yeah, be compassionate with yourself, know that you're doing the best you can. And if you want to do better, you, you will do better. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for those reassuring words. You think we all can use that, that self-compassion message as moms, because sometimes we are our biggest critic Mm -hmm. and our own worst enemy, and we can get in our own way around that, you know, so, so easily. And so that important reminder to be compassionate, give yourself grace is huge. Thank you for that. Yeah. The word of the year is overflow and abundance. And so I'm curious to close us out, you know, what does that word mean for you now that we're in 2022? Overflow and abundance. I think that really takes takes me me back to what I I shared about the gratitude. Um, We really have so much to be thankful for. And even when things are really hard and really yucky, I think that's a great opportunity to find gratitude in those moments. 
And I, I think about <laughs> earlier in the year, my son broke his finger and we were in the oh. hospital. And he was saying, like, I'm thankful that the hospital's close by. I'm thankful that there's mm. doctors and nurses to take mm. care of me. Mm. I'm thankful that I didn't have to wait long for the x-ray. Um, mm. I'm thankful, mom, that you're here with me. I'm thankful mm. that we have technology to play on while we're sitting <laughs> while in the waiting wait. room. Yeah. So, yeah, just there, there is so much to be thankful for if you, if you take the time to do it think about it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then we realize that our life is overflowing with abundance of things to be gratitude, you know, grateful for and of gratitude. That is a great, great reminder. And I love the the saying like count your blessings one by one. And when one time somebody challenged or or just mentioned that they challenged themselves to write down 50 things they were thankful for. And when you know you start off with that or that might seem just overwhelming and undaunting. But then he found that once he started the list just grew and grew and grew and he went beyond 50 and a hundred. I mean, you, once you get started, like you said, it can just flow and flow. And so we, um, we can definitely all benefit from counting our blessings and then, you know, naming what we're great, grateful for. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. So, Laura, why don't you tell us how you know people can get a hold of you and how they can stay you know connected with you and find out more? Okay, so my website is the ADHD Village, as you had mentioned before, and you can find me on Facebook. And I really do invite you to join the Facebook group. It's called the ADHD Village. And then, if you're interested in the summit, that's calming the ADHD family. I'm on Instagram, but not that often. And again, that's the ADHD village. So if you want to look me up, Laura Dawn and ADHD village. (laughs) You keep it simple for us. (laughs) That's great. And I'll have all of those links available as well. So thank you so much. I have so much gratitude for you and this time that we're getting to be able to share. And yes, wish you wish you well in this year. And you as well. And I have so much gratitude for you. The work that you do is so important. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the Moms We Interview and find out how to work with Akua as a parenting coach. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to... Subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.